Welcome back to the Corey Lee Show, y'all. I'm super excited about our conversation today. I just want you to know, you better get your pen and your notebook and buckle up. It's going to be real good. You are going to be blessed today by our guest, and I'm just super excited. He's a friend of ours that uh, Kim and I, we met actually in ministry school, and I just have loved watching the growth that I've seen in her life. She is a, she's a, she's a coach, but she's written a book and she's doing way more than that now. She's developing leaders and impacting lives. And her book, I love what it's called as Dream, I Dare You, right? A wake up call to greater alignment in your faith, your family, career, and your community. And she's so much more uh, than that, but I just want to welcome Julia Gentry to the podcast. Welcome. Yay. I love your shirt. Immediately, I was like, get me one of those shirts. You, uh, Julia, we can hook a sister up. I'm just- Yes, yes, done. <laughs> we can do that. Well, Julia, I am I am excited. I know that the everybody who's listening is going to be truly blessed because- you, you, you have you have such a powerful voice. You have such conviction, but you're so wise as well. And I, I love that. Um, and so I, I really want, you know, you do leadership or uh, you do some conferences, you do books, uh, you do coaching and and you and your husband, your whole family are world travelers. Uh, I had to ask you where you guys are living at right now. And you're in Arkansas. You're close to us. But uh, take us on the journey like that's where you're at now. How did you get to that point in your life? Yeah, I just, I appreciate you asking that question right out of the gate, because I think so often we live in that Instagram world where we see now, but we don't really recognize the steps that got us to now. Um, and I am today, I stand before you truly as a woman who's living the dream that she had 10 years ago. Um, but I don't say that to toot my own horn or even God's horn. I say that because it was really hard. So I wrote the book. I didn't write the book because this was fun and easy and everyone should be doing it. I, I wrote the book because it's really stinking hard and there just wasn't anything out there for me that made that hard simpler. And so if we rewind to where I started, I actually, um, I started in my journey towards this destination started in 2008 when my husband asked me to marry him. We started a business in real estate and the economy tanked. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was like a magical year, 2008. And that was really my step into this whole idea around getting out of my comfort zone, the box that I had created, the do everything that everybody says and do it the right way. You know, I just was living in very much this controlled zone that I didn't know. And so my husband and I, um, we, we got into real estate when everybody was getting out, you know, at the time I was 21. So I chalked it up as too stupid to know any different that we were getting in at the quote unquote wrong time. Right. But my mentor told us something very specific. The one thing that we listened to, and he said, if you're going to get into real estate, pick a niche. And so we decided to specialize in short sales. We hit the market spot on. I mean, it was like a target for success. So within three years, we had bought and sold millions of dollars worth of real estate. We were managing 50 to 70 short sales at a time. I mean, we found the need and we knew how to build a business to fulfill it only to end up $100,000 in debt, $100,000 in debt, y'all, <laughs> you know, like it was so much debt that it caused us to have to sell everything, move into my mom's basement and rebuild our lives. I mean, it was it was a dramatic swing of success to a dramatic swing of failure, or so it seemed. And Corey, that was our first huge step into recognizing that success is just not about skill set. It's about mindset. 
which you know, right? Like I love following your stuff too. Like mindset is such a big thing. And the problem with mindset is it's such a trendy word, (laughs) you know, like any Pinterest board now or Google search, like mindset is everywhere. And so we all like know a ton about it at an intellectual level, but very few of us digest it at a heart level. And so that was my first step into going, oh man, mindset matters. And I need to I need to like renew my mind. Like the Bible talks about it, but I I don't think I'm actually doing this the right way because here I am, right? So that led us into uh, rebuilding our lives. I decided to do business coaching because I look back at the last three years and I went, well, maybe I could put this into practice and show people not only what to do, but what not to do. <laughs> you know, like I learned so many things like, oh, I wouldn't do that again. And I wouldn't do that again. And so I started doing business coaching, had an opportunity to do that. And we grew some of the fastest mastermind groups in Denver, Colorado, purely around how do you build businesses, process mapping, strategic planning, who to hire, who to fire, you know, all the, all the basic things that again, you know about, but then you go into business and you're like, oh man, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Uh, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Like we all go into business because we love people or we love the product. And then like three months in there's payroll and there's marketing and they're like all of these things that you just, you just don't, you just don't know. And so we talked about that, but what was fascinating to me, Corey, and this long story to get to where I'm at is that I started to recognize what we now call the gap. And the gap is the difference between where we are and where we want to be, right? What I know and what I'm actually living proof of. It's the dream and my reality, the prophecy and the fulfillment of that prophecy. There's this huge gap. And so I noticed that it was like, I could give people a formula. I could give them a one, two, three step guide. I could literally give them a process map and tell them just to fill in the buckets and they'd come back week after week and not do it. Yeah. You know, it's like that. It's like that. We get the 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 one, two, three diet and we don't do one, two or three. <laughs> you know, we're like, we get the Bible and we we read some of it. And and then to someone tells us to do 20 pushups and we don't. You know, it's like these weird things of like, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm still not doing it. And that gap fascinated me. And so that's What started me on this journey to where I am now, because the gap was so real in my own life that again, my husband and I had positioned our lives. We had rebuilt our lives and the American dream. We were successful, but we were still not bridging that gap in our own lives either. You know, so I was seeing it in other people's lives and here it was again in my own life. So that's when we sold everything and traveled the country in an RV. So that's when our journey about seven years ago got crazy. (laughs) You know, we had three kids at that time. Um, under the age of five, and we started traveling the country in an RV. That's where the idea for the book, Dream I Dare You, came from. Wow. How about that? Hey, you, listen, you're up for a challenge? Yeah, let's uh, sell everything in an <laughs> RV. RV, I like well, that. Well, you know, because most people call it a midlife crisis. And my husband and I at the time, we were like 30, 31, and we like, we cannot call it that. We're, we're not even mid-30s. So we, so we called it our midlife awakening. And instead of getting a tattoo or buying a truck, we were like, Let's just rid ourselves of all the things that are supposed to make us feel successful. Like this is ridiculous. You know, we had done the American dream. We bought the house, the cars, the 2.5 kids, you know, like we had, we had just done all the things again, Corey, that I'm not trying to say that those aren't important. They are right. But when you, sometimes when you get to that point where we were, you find yourself crawling into bed at night going, gosh, is there something more? Like there has to be something more. And so when we found the end of ourselves, we just went. All right, you know, this was one of our dreams that we had. Let's just do it. 
well, what's funny about this is my husband was living his best life in the RV, you know, like loved it. He loved every minute. He loved being in a different city every night for me, faked it. I faked the whole thing. I hated it. I hated every minute. <laughs> you know, it's like my pet's heads were falling off. You know, it just felt like one of those scenes from dumb and dumber where you're like, this is not going to end well. And But it was the start of God revealing to me that he wanted to take me so much further than I was willing to take myself. It was that I realized that everything I was wanting was on the work I was avoiding. I started to realize that I was a learned controller and I was putting everything in the box of anything I could control, right? Like I knew I crossed every T, dotted every I. And so it was the start of the awakening within my soul of, oh my gosh, what got me to where I am is not going to take me to where I'd never been. So though it's a book now that's transformed lives, it was the start of my life being transformed. I love that. I really do. And, and and you talk about mindset, even the term that you guys use, it's not a midlife crisis. This is a midlife awakening. That's a change of mindset. <laughs> right there. I it's like so it. good. And, and even if someone's listening, who's 50, 60, that they're like, I know it's a midlife crisis. No, steal mine. Tell your wife it's a midlife awakening. She'll totally dig that. It's way classier of an idea. It is. It's just shifts <laughs> that perspective. I like it. I also love something you said too. Um, you know, I love business. I really do. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur now, I guess, 12 or 13 years. And But many times I think, even myself, uh, we go into it thinking it's, a shi- it's, it's bright and pretty and shiny. And there are aspects of it for sure. But there is some work and you're talking about some of it. Payroll. I, I did not realize one of the one of the biggest frustrations I had, Julia. I ain't gonna lie to you. Whenever you know you got taxes coming out of your paycheck, your employee, well, you gotta pay that. You gotta pay that tax as well. I was like, what? What in the <laughs> world's going on here? And so, anyway, you it is shiny, but the, it, the reality is there's some hard stuff in there too, right? Yeah. Well, and again, that's why you know people and wing so. So even the title of the book, Dream, I Dare You, you know, when when I had a clear-eyed vision of this book that I was supposed to write, because that was my question crawling into bed at night is, God, is there something more? You know, like there's got to be something more because it was hard. I started to realize like, dang, this is hard. So immediately I'm even living a dream. I'm traveling the RV. like, And then I'm thinking about the things that God's call, drawing me into next. I'm like, dang, why do I have this like urge to just want to say, this is hard, you know? And then no, it, you get on, on Instagram and all these things and nobody else really makes it look hard. Right. Or then you see everyone that is miserable and you're like, well, I don't. So it's, it's this weird, this is weird thing that's going on. And and so when I saw, had this open eye vision of this word dream immediately, I went, no, like, I'm not doing that. Like I had my preconceived notions around what that word meant. I was, I'm a very practical woman. I'm a doer. Like, I love the idea of being like, dreamer. I'm like, nope, that was not me. You know, like you dream, I'm going to get stuff done. Like I just had no, I had no emotional connection. And then when God said, I want you to write a book, I literally heard him, which is rare for me. I'm not a hearer. I'm just more of a knower. So I remember even my mom saying, I hear God. And I'm always like, what the heck does that sound like? You know, like, (laughs) is he, is he, is it a deep voice? Is it like, like what, like I just didn't, I didn't understand what she was saying, but I remember him hearing, uh, hearing him say, you need to write this book. And I was like, no. I'm not doing that because that's what most of us do. We undermine ourselves and our skill set. We undermine God and what he's asking us to do immediately. We're like, no, I'm not doing that because you don't know my past. You don't know the economy. You don't know what I can and can't do. Like we literally just, we get, we so realistic and logical. And so when I finally surrendered and said yes, right, because there was still something in me that went, gosh, I hope this is right. You know, like I, this has got to be right. This has got my name all over it. And if I'm being honest, 
And so as I started to lean in with God, I started to realize that there was a whole other side to what it actually means to dream with God and what it means to dream in this life. And, and so often people say things like, well, you know, life is just getting in the, in the way of me dreaming. And the whole idea is that if life is getting in the way of us dreaming, then what is the point of life? And so the idea here, Corey, and where I'm getting of why I called this book dream, I dare you is because it is really hard Mm -hmm. and living from revelation, living from a vision requires us to no longer be keyed into what we see around us. It's our ability to be so tuned in to what God's put in us, right? Whatever that dream is on the inside of us and to have the courage, the audacity, and the boldness to pull that thing out of us and to give it away to the world around us. So we don't actually live from the external world to the internal world. Dreaming is about actually being so tuned into this really quiet space within me that I bring this quiet roar to the world around me, right? And so it just requires me to look in a totally different dimension. I, I, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what we look at. It matters what we see, Helen Keller, right? So that's why this feels hard is because I've got to, I have to look at life differently, right? I I can't be moved by what I see around me. I have to be so tuned in with what I see within me. And then I have to actually realize that dreaming isn't about dreaming or doing it's one and the same. Mm -hmm. I have to be able to pull those solutions out of me and I've got to figure out how to add that value to the world around me. Yeah. That's what it means to dream. Yeah. That's so powerful too. And I want to ask you something. You said you ask a question. There's got to be more. And I, I found myself asking that question too. That's kind of led to where, where I'm at now. But I want to want to ask you, say there's somebody, there's listen, they're listening there in that same spot. They go into bed at night with their spouse and it's like, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. Like you got any advice on a starting point for them? For you, it was the book. But what about them? You got, got a starting point for them? Yeah. So one of my favorite quotes is from Tony Robbins. And he says, the quality of your questions determines the quality of your answers. Right. So I stand before you today, eight years in route of this dream. So I'm going to shrink everybody's time by like (laughs) at least four. Okay. So for probably four years of my life, I asked, is there something more? What that means is now I'm still looking for this idea. Is there or isn't there? See, I told you there's not. See, I told you there may be. I don't know. And you're literally to and fro because of doubt. I don't know. Maybe. Sure. Don't ask that question. Let me save you four years. <laughs> All of us need to stop asking the question. I'm here to tell you today. I don't care how old or young, man or woman, whether you've failed a million times or you never even tried. Yes. Their answer is yes. There is something more. So save yourself four years. <laughs> okay. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. There is now, now we need to be asking more mm, intentional questions. Here's how I look at this. Most of us, where we would start is we would see the problems around us. That's where all of us start. Not enough money, not enough time, not enough purpose. Uh, Maybe we see problems in our family. Maybe we see problems in our church. Maybe we see problems in an industry and economy. Maybe we see problems within our own health. Maybe we see problems, um, you know, in the way that homeschool, it it doesn't matter. But generally what we're all really good at is finding problems. Great. Start there. Okay. Anybody can do that. So this is not hard. And then start to go, God, what are you doing? And what do you want me to do about it? Uh, uh, Kathy, the the gal who started or is uh, the, the president of National Day of Prayer, 
Her name is Kathy. She's made a comment at their main leadership conferences last year that has stuck with me. I was like, Kathy, if I use this quote more than you, I might have to steal it because it's so dang good. But she said, you know, all of us are complaining about the world is getting darker. And she says, but could it be that we're getting dimmer? Mm. And I was like, oh my goodness sakes. You just said everything I've thought that I didn't know how to put to words. You just summed it up like that. So a million percent. And instantly like there's like such conviction on your heart and soul that you're like offended and like thrilled all at the same time. But it's really true. Like, so great. We know that there's problems everywhere, but there's been problems from the beginning of time. We just have social media that like magnifies all of this and dramatizes all of it, but it's always been bad. Could it be that our lights just gotten dimmer because we're lowering our standards to fit the narrative around us instead of taking the narrative and fitting his truth? Mm -hmm. That's our goal. Our goal is not to lower the standards based upon what we see. My goal is to take these, the narrative of what I see and to get it aligning with his truth. So find the problem that like you are done with. I got to get to the end of myself. I am done with this career. I'm done with this industry. I'm done. I'm done with this problem. I don't want this problem anymore. Okay, great. Now go to sleep every night going, God, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Because we know that he trumps everything else. We know that he's already got plans around the problem. He's already got the solution for the thing that isn't working. So I want to know what are you doing, God? And then what do you want me to do about that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like this, this is what, so if I rewind just back to my simple example, I would have said, what is the problem? People are living half alive. Like we are alive, but we're not like living, right? We're shuffling our feet, like the Bergens from trolls, right? Us parents know exactly what I'm talking about. Everyone's like, oh, life, life is just so hard. Life is just, and I, I'm like, what are we doing? And God, I was like, God, what are you doing? He's like, I'm alive. I am doing something. That's what he, I am doing something. I was like, what do you want me to do about it? I want you to write a book. I want you to tell the whole world. I want you to tell the whole world that we have an option. And that option is to live from heaven to earth, to live from revelation to reality, to live from the dream to what's going on around us. And I would have said, okay, let's do it. Julia, bringing it and preaching. I love that. And <laughs> it's so true, right? Like many times we, we, it's so easy. It takes zero talent to call out the dirt. It's It takes zero talent to call out the problems. And I love what you're saying. Maybe he's just allowing you to see it, to offer a solution. And so what I heard you say is the answer to the question, is there something more is yes. yes. And I want to ask, what is the problem? What am I up? You know, I'm I'm to the end of my ropes with God, what are you doing? And what can I do about it? I love that. And then here's where you'll start because you'll either go, I don't know. This is a silly, I'm not doing that. Great. Okay. So then when you're tired of not knowing the answer, just start. Or you might've been also where a lot of people start where you can think of a hundred things. Okay write them all down, write them all down. And then by process of elimination, you'll start going, that's not mine to solve. You know, like great. Like some of us will go, no, there's a thousand problems. Great. Write them all down. And then the next idea is which one is God highlighting your life, right? Because you and I both know it ta- it's going to take a unity of people all standing up going, I can do that. Like I felt like I was born. I don't know how to do that, but I was born to do that. It'll start to highlight either passion purpose, skill set, mindset, heart set, like something will start to pop up off that paper that goes that one, like that's my dog in the hunt. And the other ones you just cross off and you send up to prayer, send that to someone else, God, <laughs> not my dog. <laughs> you know, like, but it will, it will illuminate over time, right? As we really consider what God is doing over certain areas. And then I do believe that again, God's not keeping anything from us. He wants to invite us on this journey of revealing, right? And so I think that it's, 
it's just that posturing of our heart that it will actually start to position us to surrender, to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and, and Julia, I just want to just say how helpful and how practical what you just said really is. And I I believe it's going to help so many people out Um, because many times for me, I'll be honest with you. I understood it to a degree. Here's what I found though, was as, as I went down that route, I realized, I don't know if I really wanted to know the answer. Because once I knew the answer, now I'm responsible for the solution. You know, now I'm responsible Uh-oh. for something. And um, and and once I, you know, got real with myself, and I love what you said right there too. I can point out all the problems, but it may not be mine, right? And really listen in what the Lord has to say. That's so good. Yeah. Well, and I think the the piece that you just brought up, which again, you know, I have a whole chapter in this book. The, the two pieces actually. Number one is. Once we, once we recognize that God, there's a dream, we have to realize that we got to get clear on what that is, right? Like we have to have vision. We have to have something that's going to pull us through the hard times, but it's actually not about the dream. It's about our character. Mm, So we're about the destination. God's about our heart. And so, yes, we want the end game. He already is the end game. He's the game, right? So for us, it's going to be about actually the in-between that gap is more about my character and less about acquisition. So when we start to go, oh my gosh, if that's the dream, then I'm going to have to set better boundaries. I'm going to have to stop drinking. I'm going to have to quit my job. I'm going to have to actually do some pushups. Yeah, exactly. Why? Because that dream needs your character to hold the weight of the blessing when you get to it. Right. And so the in-between is actually about that character development more than it is about the acquisition of the dream. Right. Then the second piece, and there's a whole chapter in the book about this limiting belief, which is again, a sticky topic nowadays. And you, a lot of us know about limiting beliefs, but very few people know their limiting belief, the lie that's keeping them from the next level that God wants to give them. God never is not offering us the next level. It's my belief around myself, him, the possibilities, what I can and can't do. It's always that lie that tends to mask itself as truth which is what keeps me stuck or in patterns that don't serve me. And so when we understand some of those tactical and emotional mechanics, everything changes. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this, Julia. So there's a lot, a lot of people, sometimes they'll say, well, I just don't see it. It's a blind spot in my life, a blind spot. And uh, like some of those lies that people believe, how did, how did they bring awareness to some of those. How do we do that? You got any thoughts on that? Yeah. So ultimately, if you buy the book only for that chapter, I would tell you to buy the book only for that chapter. I actually walk you through what's the limiting belief equation. So it's actually a formula to unpack what it is. And it takes you way back. You know, a lot of us go, well, is it my past? Is it my daddy issues? Yes. It's all those things. It's all of those things. But the way that the brain and the emotions work actually locks and loads a lot of our early memories as frequencies in the brain and in the body that we live as though it's true now. How do I know if I'm actually running up against one though? So what would I say? So truly, I mean this, like just buy the book to read that chapter, right? But how do I know if I'm ha- if I have one? Do you know those times in our lives, Corey? And I, I have them still. And you said this, so no one's immune to this. Like you're never like nailed it. Like you don't ever, you don't ever like escape this on this side of humanity uh, or on this side of eternity because we're in, you know, you're human is, you know how Paul says that I know the thing that I'm supposed to do and yet I still don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that, that I shouldn't be eating that burger, but I am. 
I need to do one more push up, but I'm not. I need to make that phone call. I'll do it later. I know I shouldn't get angry, but I can't not help it. You know, all of those things that we chalk up as excuses, but we know that they're patterns. That's a limiting belief. Patterns are always 10 out of 10 times tied to our limiting beliefs that are keeping us stuck. Well, the only reason we keep them though is because they make logical sense, right? They compartmentalize our life. They help me to understand things that I don't, I can't cognitively cognitively understand. They give me control and power. And so I hold on to them. And so it's until we recognize that we can be right or we can be free and that we have patterns that are keeping us stuck as opposed to taking us to where we've never been, we, we can't unstuck ourselves. So it's when you find those patterns that then you can dive into figuring out what they are. Truly by the book, you can find the equation and then you can start to learn how to live on the other side of the lie and live into full truth. That's so good. And so you have the book, but also you have some conferences where you got, you go through this and take people through it, right? Yes. Yeah. So again, what turned into this word, word, this, so here I am today, one word, one word dream six years later has turned into my life being completely transformed. It's turned into a book that has, we've watched thousands of lives transform. We've watched marriages restore. We've watched people quit addictions. We've watched people start businesses. I mean, we've watched lives transform. It's also turned into a two and a half day conference that we walk people through the entirety of the book. So they get to experience transformation, not just read about it. And this year, I mean, we were just, God's been so cool hitting some home runs. Sean Bowles is joining us as a keynote for prophetic word, pray.com, CTN. Um, I mean, incredible, incredible sponsors that would have been my dream. I mean, Sean Bowles is like my, I mean, you know that all of us who went to ministry school, I mean, Sean Bowles is like a household name, right? Like it's so we just have our community that's surrounding us with this conference. It's now our second annual dare to dream conference, November 2nd through the 4th in Denver. Um, and the idea around this conference, Corey, is to actually walk people through the dream framework. So it's the gap going back to that, the gap to get from where I am to where I want to be. It's actually walking people through that gap so they can dream with God again. Yeah, that's, that's so good. And we'll make sure, um, to put that in the show notes and all that kind of good stuff. But where can they go get information about that conference right now? Yeah. So you can go to thejuliagentry.com. And this is our first year. Your viewers actually might be the first to know this announcement. My director of operations would be like, you're not supposed to say that yet. I don't care. I'm the boss. I can do what I want to do. We are live streaming this. So if you go to thejuliagentry.com, Um, On October 23rd, we launch our live stream option for those of you who cannot get to Denver. It's going to be incredible. From the comfort of your own home, you get to watch the entire conference. If you can come to Denver, I would highly recommend it. There's just nothing like it in person, but you can go to thejuliagentry.com for all those tickets and announcements. Awesome. That's good. Well, highly recommend that the book conference. Uh, and I love what you're doing too. It's just so practical. Here's what I thought too, is I heard you listening. One of the things we talk about in leadership is that leadership is both caught and taught, you know, like anybody can go, can go read a, a book. Anybody can go read a personal growth book and go teach somebody what they just read. They can regurgitate information. That's the taught part. But caught, that is the piece that it, it, life experience is the spirit in which that you teach. And 
what you're talking about is both taught and caught. You're, you're not just telling people theory. You're talking about what you've done in your own life, what you've seen happen in the lives of other people. And I just think that's, that's where transformation happens. It's powerful. Totally. Uh, I want to ask you something, Julie. You posted this on social media the other day. And before we started recording, I, I shared with you that this actually led to about a two-week conversation in one of our men's group because I thought it was so good. Uh, I don't have it written down exactly the way you said it, but your post said, ask God for something that is too hard for him. Mm-hmm. And before I just kind of give some thoughts out there, what do you mean by that, Julie? What are you talking about? So this is so good. Every time I hear it, it's so convicting because if we're not careful, our prayers are like begging God. Yeah. Like we beg him in our prayers. I'm guilty of it too. You know, like we are begging him to meet our needs. We're begging him to meet our dreams. And though I think God is an incredible God where we get to take our, our desires, our tears, our anger, our frustration, all of it. He is, he is that good. Prayer is so much more, right? Even if you look at how Jesus taught the disciples, right? He says, holy is your name, right? What is, he says, our father who is in heaven. What does that mean? It means I got to put my eyes up on him. Holy is your name. What does that basically mean? It means that you, your, your name is the center point on which my life turns. So what it's saying in another translation, then it says manifest your kingdom realm on this side of heaven. What does that mean? It means that actually our prayer is to go. You're huge. By the way, you're huge. <laughs> like, here's my needs. Here's my needs. Here's my needs. God dream. Oh my gosh. Your glory. Uh, I've forgotten about everything else. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Start cool. Like, let's start there. You can start with going, God, this, this, I need this. And I, what about this? And all, and all of a sudden you look up and if you, re- you go, oh my gosh, your glory, man, my, all the things that I just mentioned, I forgot them because you're that big. Yeah. Now I want to see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means now that I should be partnering with what God is doing. And my prayers should now be going, God, you're bigger. You do this. Hey God, instead of my what feed one, I want you to feed a million, right? So the idea is a little tongue in cheek of, could we ever have a prayer that's too big for God? Of course we can't. But the idea here is like, let's try. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, Let's try. And because, you know, he's giggling. If I took from one to how I know I'm on 10,000, we know he could even surpass that. The exercise is to get something on the inside of us to go, man, are my prayers matching the narrative around me or are my prayers partnering with him? That's so good. When I, so whenever I read that, it was almost like you said, the lady with the National Day of Prayer is like, yes, that is what I'm like in here. You just articulated in one <laughs> sentence what I'm trying to say, right? Like, like for so long, it is. It's like um, just uh, God, please, just please, and like nothing's too small either. Like there is nothing too small. But I right. found myself like the biggest prayer of the day was, "Lord, bless my oatmeal." Right? Yeah. Bless my oatmeal, <laughs> oatmeal. You know, and like, man, God is so much bigger than that. And so, it's I so love good. The quote. It is good. It's so good. <laughs> um, I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, and he's a he's actually a pastor, but he works. He said he worked closely with the governor of the state of Mississippi, and he said he would go down to the governor of the state of Mississippi, and the governor would say to him, you got to get your ask right. Like, what are you actually asking? Like, you're here, and you're asking some stuff, but what is your ask? And I I thought that was so good. Like, what is your ask? What are you truly, like, what is that burning desire within your heart? And and again, there's nothing too small for God, but I was thinking, like, 
I'm not going to go to the governor of the state and ask him what I could ask my county supervisor, right? Like <laughs> it's going to be a big ask. Yes. And so I, I would love to hear you talk a lot about obviously dream is the word. And I love, I dare you. I dare you. What have you found? What, what prevents people from actually dreaming? Like just even one-on-one coaching, that's one of the hardest things I've found with people to even allow themselves to go down the route. And I'm just curious if you found that to be true or what your thoughts are. Oh gosh, all the time. I mean, the number one reasons that people don't dream is because of disappointment. Yeah. We've all, every single one of us have had a dream. And most of us along the way have been in incredible ways that I will never try to understand, totally demolished by disappointment. That, you know, that's the baby that you prayed for that never came. It's the, it's the business that you started that failed. It's, it's that time that you wanted to God to show up in a certain way. And he, and he didn't, you know, it's, it's that disappointment is lethal. I mean, it kills us before we're dead. And so what happens is we have a tendency to put the dreams on the shelf for, for that reason. And, and then we convince ourselves to be realistic and logical and, and it shuts down all possibilities. And I think that that's what I would encourage. So even when you go back to like, what's your ask, I think that if we can even look at what is the ask, cause all of us would have an ask of God right now. And the way that we just get one step higher back to our dreams is that we ask knowing that that's probably going to be a survival need. God, I just want, I want you to help me pay my bills, pray for my oatmeal. You know, like I just, I want this. I want, I just want a job. Okay, great. Now say why? Mm. And generally, if we can just spend a little bit of time going, well, if I, if I had a job that I loved, oh my gosh, I could serve my gift to the world. Okay. We're getting a little bit close to that dream, right? Mm-hmm. If we go, man, if God, if I had extra money in the bank, I would help the homeless. Like I've got such a, okay. Like there. So the idea here is we want to, we know that we have some, our sur- core survival needs, that are centered around that place of disappointment. But if we can ask why and steward the why just a little bit, we're going to take a deep breath and go, that's why. And then if we go, tell me more, then we actually get one step above, Mm -hmm. right? So oftentimes our first answer is generally not the answer. It's our survival answer. Then it's a little bit about approval, right? then it's about the heavenly realms. So it's almost kind of like what I'm going to encourage people into is that you still have the dream in you, the disappointment, we all have it. And that makes us all human. That doesn't make you crazy. Mm -hmm. But the only way to now see that happen is, okay, I got it. You got to tell me now, what would be your ask of God? Why? Tell me more. Mm -hmm. That's generally where we can start to just slightly start to reconnect with the dream that God's given us. And we can kind of loop it back to, okay, that meets a baseline that's that totally approval success. That's heaven. And we can have the courage to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Cause disappointment is like, it it doesn't feel good, right? It hurts. Uh, Maybe, maybe we've had the expectation. Does it turn out the way we thought it would? And it's like, I don't know if I want to go through that again. I love what you just said right there by asking the question, it re-engages that dream and that desire within us. Um, you said something else I want to ask you about, and I thought it was good as well. You said dreaming is the least selfish thing you can do. Ah, unpack that one for us a little yeah. bit, Julia. 
Well, and it's such a, maybe it's a guy thing too, but I hear from the moms all the time, you know, us moms and potentially dads, but I'm just gonna speak to the women for a while. We have this false responsibility, you know, especially raising babies. Like we kind of put our dreams on the shelf or we're like, our kids are our dream, which is great. And that's true. Um, but we start to think that if we dream or if we make space for ourselves, that it's selfish, you know, or we grew up in a home that we weren't taught to dream. And so who are we to dream or go bigger or right. You hear a lot of times that people think I'm too much or not enough. And so this idea around dreaming is selfish. It's actually not, it's the least selfish thing you could do. And it's selfish to not dream. Right. And so that's a huge mindset shift. And and I'm just such a firm believer that our kids don't need a mom to settle. They don't need a dad to settle. They need to see their parents who are on fire not only about them as their kids, but about life and about what God's called them to. That's what our kids need more than anything. And so when, when we, as parents are on fire about what God's put on the inside of us, it, it gives them permission to do the same. Right. And then hopefully the idea, Corey, is that our ceiling then becomes their floor. And that would be the idea, right? If we are actually moving this thing in the right direction, God's coming back for a ready bride, which means that if my ceiling is my kid's floor and then they're on fire about their life, then their ceiling is their floor. And so what happens is we're stacking this thing closer to heaven to make it look more like heaven. Why? So when Jesus comes back, we look more like him, (laughs) you know, like that would be the goal. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And that is, that is good. And as you were talking about that, I was thinking about, you know, I don't think there's any parent that would that their dream for their child is to settle for something less and to compromise and, and, and settle for complacency. And we don't want that for our kids, but, but many times they do because they see it within us and uh, how important it is for us to live passionate lives. I, I love that. Julia, uh, you have added a ton, a ton, a ton of value. And I just wanted to say, so again, November the 2nd through the 4th in Denver, Colorado, that's, hey, that's the live event where you get to like boots on the ground, go through some stuff. And you can find out more at thejuliagentry.com. We'll have it in the show notes uh, below, but also October 23rd, that is uh, at the time of this recording, just a couple couple of weeks away. Uh, so by the time this is released, maybe a couple of days away, but you can still get that the live stream. Um, Julia, any, any last kind of parting piece of advice you'd have for the dreamers out there? Maybe somebody who's already stepped into their dream world, but they don't, Hey, you don't want to compromise and settle there. Any piece of advice for them? Yes, totally. It's a whole chapter in the book, but the idea is pick your heart. I can already feel it. I'm so glad you asked this question because I could feel people go, yeah, but Julia, that's hard. Yeah. It's going to be hard to chase your dreams. It's going to be hard not to chase your dreams. It's going to be hard to write the book. It's going to be hard not to write the book. It's going to be hard to start the business. It's going to be hard to settle for the job you don't love. It's all going to be hard. So the idea here is we need to keep picking the hard that we want most. Yes. Right. And so the two hardest days will be the day that you start. And the second will be the day that you want to quit. Mm. So start today and don't quit tomorrow. Ooh, simple stupid hard <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good yeah i hope uh, you're gonna have to go back and uh, re-listen and uh, it's just so good so julia thank you for coming on and thank you for adding so much value and again uh i guess you can get it on amazon and your website the book yep as well okay well, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well but uh, thank you for coming on added a ton a ton of value today julia thank you thanks Corey. 
Yeah. Well, y'all, uh, if Julia has said something that has just triggered you, that has stirred something up within you, I, I hope that's what she's done. She's done that to me is somebody who's inspiring. They they do something inside of you to stir something up within you. And if she has, uh, feel free to reach reach out to her. You can comment below. We'll get that out to her as well. Make sure you follow her. She's adding uh, a lot of content, but it's really, really good. I follow her stuff. And um, anyway, make sure you subscribe to the Corey Lee show so you can stay up to date with the latest episodes. And I hope you guys have a great day and God bless.